0: This content factory we call The Rich Eisen Show.
1: This is The Rich Eisen Show. And if you don't have a a sense of excitement about this, I don't know what you're here for.
0: The Rich Eisen Show. Can't tell
1: you enough how much I love your
2: show. With
0: guest hosts, Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison. Boom! Live. Boom! From The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Rich Eisen brand is really hot. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) And now... Sitting in for Rich.
1: We're ready for any challenge.
0: Here's Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison.
3: Hour one in the books. The show rolls on. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison sitting in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. As always, you can tweet the show, at Rich Eisen Show, at Kirk Morrison, at I am Ben Lyons. Want to hear from you as well, 844-204-RICH. We're going to be talking some NBA uh, a little bit later on in the show. We've got Quentin Richardson, uh, one of my favorite two guards, combo guard. You know his work from the Knuckleheads podcast and NBA TV now and pride of Whitney Young High School in Chicago. Quentin Richardson, one half of the Knuckleheads, going to join the show. Uh, Jared Greenberg from NBA TV is going to come on in a little bit. Lamorne Morris, diehard LeBron fan. The biggest LeBron fan not named Savannah. (laughs) I think we're, we're excited to have Lamorne on the show. We want to get into this Serena Williams and uh, Naomi Osaka match. You get a chance to watch the tennis at all last year? Right? I got, I got a piece of it, man. Saw a little bit of it, man. you know. And it's man, just what an amazing moment for the sport to see these two icons. And and I do call Naomi Osaka an icon already. The highest earning athlete, female athlete last year, uh, has already won a bunch of Grand Slams and has a ton of endorsement deals and investments. She owns a women's soccer team. Like she's already an icon and I think she's, yeah. I don't think these think she's 20. I think she's still yeah. a
2: teenager and she's woke too as well. You know, she's yeah. woke. She understands what's going on and, in, in, uh, in the country as well. So she understands that her place
3: with political issues as well. Like, that's a lot to put on a 20-year-old. She right? might, yeah, she might be in her 20s now. Forgive yeah. me. She's she's <laughs> in her old age of 20 or 21. But, yeah, just an amazing moment for tennis last night. For real. We're going to get into uh, Serena's press conference, plus the Steph Curry press conference you <laughs> told me about last night <laughs> uh, uh, after the, the big win over the Miami Heat surprised me last night in overtime. Yeah, funny moment from Steph last night after the game. But we're talking about this Carson Wentz deal. Uh, 844-204-RICH. Carson Wentz on the way to Indianapolis to play with his former offensive coordinator, now the current head coach. That That's everything for this deal for right. Carson Wentz. Just from a football perspective, forget the noise of the media, forget the hype around the contract and the awkward situation of being on a Super Bowl winning team but not right. playing in the Super Bowl. Forget all the hype around it. Just the actual football X's and O's, what does it mean for him to be back with his offensive coordinator who's now the head coach? Well, I think you're
2: just going back to someone who believed in you, okay? Because Frank Reich obviously believed in Carson Wentz when they were together in Philadelphia, and he was on pace for an MVP-type season until an injury happened. Now they went on and still won a Super Bowl without him with Nick Foles, but yet it was just – I feel like the chemistry that he had with Frank and the understanding, the belief, the way you talk, the, the way that you see the game, that's what it is. A lot of times it's how you see the game. And I think Frank sees the game similar to what Carson saw. And so obviously he wanted to get to Indianapolis. And I think for him going to Indianapolis, he's going into a situation that's already stable. When he was drafted to Philadelphia, he was going to a situation where they needed him to erect the entire organization he had to be the face of the organization. He walks into Indianapolis. Now, granted, he's the quarterback, so obviously they're to he's going to be the face of that franchise currently set up. But I think he walks in a little bit different. There's already some established leaders on that team. There's some big, giant dudes on that offensive line that say, hey, look here, dude, this is our squad. You come in, do what you got to do, but we'll protect you. It's a little bit different than in Philadelphia, man. So I think for him, this is going to be huge – because he gets to start over. It's like after sophomore year in high school and all of a sudden your parents move and you got to transfer. And it's like, but it can be for the best. You reinvent yourself. Like at the last school, I was a little shy. And you know what? This time I'm going to be more outspoken, right? I'm going to be more, hey, how you doing? And I think that's what Carson Wentz needs to be because that was also sort of the pushback in Philadelphia was what, Ben? He wasn't a team guy.
3: He wasn't a great had his own leader. relationship with management. Absolutely, isolated himself from the team in certain ways. He can reinvent himself, right? And I, we say I've that, that all before. the time, Kirk. Reinvention's the path to self-discovery. <laughs> it's a the theme that's been on this show all week. Yeah. The idea that when you take on new challenges, you you position yourself a different way. You humble yourself, whatever it may be. Uh, you're able to actually get to that closer version of yourself. And it's something mm. we're all experiencing in this pandemic. We've all had to pivot. We've all had to take on new roles or responsibilities. And ultimately, right. it, it, hopefully, it connects us to the core of who we are and what our purpose is. Absolutely. It, it's it's something that, for me, um, you you,
2: it's like you fall down the pecking order. I've been traded before, Ben. It sucks. <laughs> I mean, tra- it is not fun. It is not fun to be traded. And, and the worst part about this is that Carson Wentz spent five years in Philadelphia. He will not be allowed back in the building. Now, he can if he wants to. If he wants to go there, you can do that. But it, it, it won't hit Carson Wentz until he's in that facility in Indianapolis, and all of a sudden there is this five-by-five five box with duct tape on it that says Wentz Eagle stuff. That everything that he had in that locker room, five years of putting in work, grinding, sweating, Super Bowl appearances, meetings, all that, all of his stuff that was in his locker goes into a little box and they ship it to you and you get there and you just... Look at it. And I'm just it for my career, for me, I spent my first five years in Oakland, similar to what Carson Wentz. You know, you spend five years in one organization. That's a long time. In the NFL, it's five years. Consider that dog year. So it's more like 10. Okay? So it's like like 10 years. But it really hits you when you open up that box and you see it like, wow. Yeah. And I still haven't touched that box since I opened it one time. I still have all of that stuff in there. So if people want some old Oakland Raider. Oh, you know Raider's Reebok art. Gear. You know Raider's art, our engineer.
3: He's all over that. Kirk Morrison. Yeah. That's the most sign of life we've gotten art through the glass all show. <laughs> I got some old Raider gear in that
2: box because I saw that and I didn't want to touch it because I was so, at the time, disgusted at looking at that because it was like, no, nah, I don't want that. I'm starting new. I'm brand new. It's like when a player gets a new number, right? Like when LeBron went from 23 and he goes to Miami, he's like, I'm number six now, right? It's like he reinvents himself. Like, I don't want that old stuff. I want to be new. And that's what Carson Wentz is going to have to go through immediately once he gets to Philly. I mean, Indianapolis. I don't even know if he should even keep that number 11. I would say get another number. Try to do something different. Don't say, I'm number. No, do something different.
3: Make it look different. Hey, I'm different. I'm coming to Indianapolis as a new guy, new quarterback. Kirk Morrison, Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. I think a big reason why, too, Kirk, you didn't open that box is because when you're comparing Raiders gear to Jacksonville gear, it just doesn't pop the same way. (laughs) What are the, how do you even describe the Jacksonville colors? I can't say blue and yellow. What do you even say? um the, the teal i made teal, teal look good teal and gold i made I teal guess. look no, good it's not man. the same as the raiders <laughs> I, by tried to, I made teal look good man. you know, I, I don't know <laughs> if you know this about me uh kirk because because i know you do a lot of coverage for the rams and i've been a big la rams fan since they Correct. came back here to los angeles but i grew up my entire life a philadelphia eagles fan mm. i was born and raised in new york city which might have you pause and say that's kind of odd well my dad being the consummate new yorker that he is right is one of the biggest boston red sox fans on planet earth he quotes a french philosopher named Blaise pascal who says the heart has reason that reason itself knows nothing about it's a higher calling <laughs> for him it's right. why it's going to say cause of death boston red sox on his tombstone one day so <laughs> i my dad being my sports hero i idolized right. the idea of being an out-of-town fan of being the guy in new york who loved the eagles i fell in right. love with randall Cunningham. Uh, I got some great football over the years. But then in my late 20s, early 30s, I started to question my allegiance because I went to a Monday night football game. And honestly, Kirk, I felt like I was on the set of Mad Max. There were trash (laughs) cans on fire. I saw a woman throw a beer at another woman and they were both Eagles fans. They sell you this stuff called crab fries. There's no crab in it. (laughs) I was like, you know what? Any stadium that prides itself on having a jail in the basement like the old vet, that's not me, who I am. My wife teaches meditation. She's a crystal healer. She has right. crystal shoes. Like I can't have this dark forces and energy around me. So I went through a real soul-searching process. I went out to the beach deep into Zuma, the top of Malibu, and I buried mm-hmm. um, all of my – I didn't put actual gear. I didn't take the gear out of the box like right. you did and put it in the ocean, but I buried <laughs> all of it figuratively, in the sand, and had a big ceremony. It was a real like, soul-searching experience for me to say goodbye to this time in my life, especially wow. without a Super Bowl. So I become a Rams fan, and sure enough, what happens? The, the Nick Eagles Foles, The Eagles Bowl. go right to the Super Bowl. <laughs> they come out, they play that Meek Mill intro, oh, and wow. they won the game when they ran out onto the field. Yeah, And oh, I, yeah. I, even, I even said to myself, I'm going to bet against them just to really cement <laughs> that this is a time in my life that is now over, and sure enough, The Philly special, the Meek Mill intro is just a wrap. Philly had him out of the gate. So, of course, everyone's hitting me up. I say, Ben, congratulations. You finally got a championship. And in my uh, self, I know that this is a fraud. No, I'm a a Rams fan now. And then I saw the guy. And then I saw the guy eat poop in the street the night they won. And I said, you know what? That's not for me. I am not (laughs) part of this culture. If you Google, just Google <laughs> Super Bowl horse poop. Oh, I saw you, it. Just I saw those it. four words. Yeah, I saw it. And I—that th- is not who I am as a man, as hum- someday hopefully a father. <laughs> I cannot bring these this energy into my life. So maybe for Carson Wentz, if he's struggling with the the, the green looking extra forest and the blue just extra <laughs> royal when he's unboxing right. his new stuff or whatever he's going through right now in Indianapolis, maybe he will take some comfort in knowing that he is not part of a community that eats horse poop anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he's part of a community uh, that once had Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck,
2: right? And now he can say, I'm Carson Wentz. And he doesn't have to live up to expectations. I think the expectations were were a lot for him in Philadelphia. and. For him to play well in the beginning only heightened those expectations that much more for him. And if he didn't play to the level that we saw him play at, oh, what's wrong with Carson? Why is he doing this? And he began to press, and we saw that. I'm almost I'm I'm happy for him because I know he gets a restart, man, he gets a rebirth. Players sometimes they need that. They need to go into another locker room just to see how it's done. Like we saw with Tom Brady this year. Like he for the first time in his long, long career. He went to another organization, and for the first time, for all those, we're not even what, two weeks removed from the Super Bowl, let's be honest, Ben, like, Tom Brady had a hell of a time at that Super Bowl party, that Super Bowl parade, like, that is the most fun I've ever seen Tom Brady. Now, look, the weather in Tampa in, you know, in February is a little bit different in Foxborough, Massachusetts, right after you win a Super Bowl, you, you got parkas on, and you know you got pea coats. Yeah, and being hats out on and the water. water has a has a nice feeling, isn't it? Yeah, but, it's but a nice feeling. He, he finally had a good time because he went somewhere else. Definitely didn't necessarily reinvent himself, but had to assert himself differently. And I think that's where Carson Wentz can reassert himself a little bit differently. He can reassert himself to a point where look. I want to come in and just be myself.
3: He's already got leaders in there. He doesn't have to come in and say, I'm coming in to lead this team. No, but I I understand that. And that sounds nice. Kirk Morrison, Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. And yes, he can be himself. But I think the problem that Carson Wentz is having right now is that I don't know if he knows who he is. Is he the number two pick who was good enough to lead a team to a Super Bowl but got hurt? And that's why he didn't get to play in the Super Bowl? Or is he the guy we saw last year? And what have you done for me lately in the NFL? I mean, my goodness, if there's right. anybody in the NFL last season where you could singularly point and say, hey, he had the worst season in the NFL. <laughs> what, what's the opposite of MVP? Like, if he had the <laughs> WVP, <laughs> like the worst valuable player, it, it would be him. Like, you cannot, right. and it's not the hype, it's, not the, it's, for, the, the ex, it's for the position, the results, the, the money. Yes. He had the worst season. So, can he use that as a moment of motivation? What I'm always fascinated by the elite men and women who, who compete at the at the highest levels—they find the most mundane, insane, trivial mm. things to motivate them. It okay. can be an offhanded comment. It can be a tweet. It can be. Uh, you saw it in the Last Dance, where mm. somebody scored thirty points on the Wizards. I still don't know who what their name is after watching that movie. <laughs> yeah. On the then bullets, and mm-hmm. went up to Michael and said, "Hey, good game." And yeah. that he took as a way to destroy that guy's career. Like, so the greatest athletes find the motivation. If Carson Wentz can't find the motivation now to mm-hmm. find himself, then it's never going to happen. Okay, I,
2: I'm, I'm I'm thinking about this now because you brought up basketball. And I'm not calling Phil Jackson. Okay, I'm not calling Frank Wright Phil Jackson, but there was something about Phil Jackson's teaching that connected with a guy like Kobe Bryant. And remember, after that three P with the Lakers, and they lost. Obviously, they tried to go for the four P, They didn't get it. They lost to uh, Detroit. And there was that time in between where the Lakers had different coaches, and it just didn't. It just didn't work until Kobe was like, we need Phil. Go grab Phil. Go grab that coaching staff. Grab, grab that nucleus. Tex Winters, all those guys, right? Grab that nucleus of coaches because that's what I connected with. That's what I miss. And obviously, we've suffered since then. Frank Reich left. The Philadelphia Eagles have not truly been the same, right? Coaching staffs have not been the same. John DeFilippo was another offensive line and a quarterback's coach for Carson Wentz. He lost that piece of him, hasn't been the same. So you're trying to get back that part of you that was successful because you were around that group of people that knew how to get the most out of you, that you spoke the same language, but you also entered into that, in that arena with those guys.
3: That's what I think he's trying to recover. That's what he's trying to get back to. Kirk, I've known you for a long time. You know me, the Nick fan of me. When you said Phil Jackson, I just had ghosts of a four year, 70 million Joe Kim Noah deal that they're still stretching. <laughs> oh my God. They got two more years on a stretch provision of Noah. <laughs> but you're absolutely right in, in the idea of that right combination, especially in that sport, you know, and especially when you're talking, well, if you're talking star players in the NBA and head coaches, sure, but when you're really talking, NFL, having that head coach and, and quarterback being on the same page is really quarterbacks, everything. coach, all of that too. It's yeah. really everything. And you said something too early on the show when we were talking about Wentz and in case you're just tuning in the, the, the big news of the day, obviously Carson Wentz on the move to Indianapolis for a bunch of picks. Um, is that division is in a real state of flux right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Houston Texans, arguably the biggest dumpster fire in the entire league, if not all professional sports right now, it seems Uh, And then you go down the list and there's so much uncertainty at the position with the teams themselves. So a real opportunity here for Carson Wentz to step in, find himself, be himself and and do some great things in Indianapolis. And again, player mobility in the NFL in the offseason has everybody on the edge of their seat and Deshaun Watson looming over all of this. Uh, you know, if they're able to find a home for Carson Wentz, something tells me they're going to be able to get a lot more in return for Deshaun Watson. Are you ready for that Thursday night Titans-Colts matchup? <laughs> Thursday night football, Titans, Colts, Wentz, Tannehill. <laughs> I just want Wentz – I want there to be fans in the stands as a former Eagle fan yeah. when Wentz goes back to Philadelphia. Oh, that, yeah. That's must-see TV. Um, coming up next, <laughs> uh, speaking of must-see TV – We got Lamorne Morris checking in. You know him from Woke on Hulu. It's a great show. He did New Girl, of course, and he is the biggest LeBron fan, not named Savannah. He's going to be calling in, uh, talk a little NBA, talk a little Hollywood as well. So it's Cook Morrison, Ben Lyons filling in for Rich Eisen. Lamorne Morris next here on the Rich Eisen Show.
0: Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. Work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code R I C H for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Show.
3: Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Today it's Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison hanging out. Kirk Morrison, the only San Francisco Giants, Oakland A's fan on planet (laughs) Earth. Now he loves the Padres because of Tatis Junior. I don't know, but he's a great linebacker for the uh, for the Oakland Raiders. So he gets a pass. Uh, Over seven hundred tackles in the career, Kirk. I was putting in work. Putting in work. Uh, Somebody else is putting in work. (laughs) You know him from shows like New Girl. And the very funny woke, which I just discovered on Hulu, it's tremendous. But I introduce him as uh, the man. What was it? How, how was I introducing him, Kirk? The only person, uh, the guy who loves uh, LeBron, just not as much as Savannah. There's only yes. The only person who loves LeBron more than this guy is Savannah. <laughs> so I botched the intro, but it's Lamorne Morris, the biggest LeBron fan in my life. How are you, my friend?
1: Oh, what's up, dude? I'm, I'm, I want to tell you I'm doing good, but I'm not. You know, I'm 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 stuck in, in, in the snow in Austin, Texas. It 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 sucks right now, man. It's I'm so mad. I wanna curse. Can I curse on your show?
3: Definitely cannot curse on the show. It's a family <laughs> no, I show. Can. Wanna have you oh, back on as well.
1: I wanna curse so bad right now. You don't you don't know how bad I wanna curse right now. Well I, I feel I feel like
3: words. that was Lakers fans when the news went down this week of Anthony Davis's, you know, Achilles injury and in the calf, mm-hmm. but not you. I feel like you were excited because this means more LeBron.
1: You know what this means? This means LeBron's probably going to showcase that, that old age MVP season. He was robbed last year. Okay. And, and I love AD, you know, fellow Chicagoan. You know, we did a movie together at Barbershop. So that's, that's the homie. But just take some rest, man. Rest those, those, those big feet. Those, I was going to curse again. I'm sorry. I, I, it just, <laughs> he just wants to come out. But, you know, LeBron now has a, time, a chance to showcase all of his ability, his old man moves. You know what I'm saying? His old Andre Miller, Paul Pierce-type skills. Yes, an Andre and think- Miller
3: reference on the show. Didn't see that in the rundown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think this is going to be the year for sure he's going to get the MVP again. Hey, Lamore, I got a little
2: bone to pick with you, man. I was looking at something a while back, and um, I noticed you had that NBA Jam game console at the house, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And you
2: had the nerve to say that the greatest – Duo on NBA Jam was Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant, and I yelled blasphemy, blasphemy from the from the mountaintops, because I'm saying, how could you diss Stockton and Malone? Number one, but then my backup was Tim Hardaway and Chris Mullen. Like, come on, man! Like, seriously, be real, well, man. You know, I had
1: to, listen, I, to be honest with you, that's clearly not the best duo, but. Being from Chicago is bad enough that, that I say Michael Jordan's the second greatest player of all time. So what I had to do is I'll let people know I'm still from Chicago by saying Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant are the greatest. Because <laughs> Michael Jordan's not on the game, you know? Right. So I had to say it. I had to say it. I, I would actually go, I think it was is, is it Barkley and, and Marley, maybe. Mm, yeah. I want to say right. that was actually a pretty good duo on NBA Jam. So I might even go there. You know, no. Stockton couldn't dunk.
3: Lamorne Morris joins down. the show. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison, you guys are all playing yourself. Obviously, the greatest combination of height and heart is Patrick Ewing and John Starks. So, stop. oh god, you know the Knicks. Hey, mix. Lamorne, we always talk about in sports guys like Kirk Morrison. You know these these athletes we love, like LeBron and Serena, and that this that the greatest who do it. They love to compete. Mm. Oh, that guy, he loves to compete. Is there that sense of competition amongst actors, amongst your peers? Do you say, oh, De Deschanel, she loves to compete?
1: Right. Do I say that? No. <laughs> Absolutely do not say that. Um, hold on one second. second. Oh, please bring it on in. Sorry, guys. I'm staying in a hotel. As I told you before, uh, we're kind of trapped here in Austin. So I apologize. Um, Yes, but no, I don't say that about Zoe Deschanel, although I do call her the Michael Jordan of television.
3: But is there sort of a competitive thing amongst actors where you look at your peers, you see what people are doing, it motivates you to want to work on your craft and come with something new? I know this show, Woke, was a big deal for you. So where does that kind of lie in terms of actors being competitive?
1: Man, you you have to be competitive. All your friends are actors, all your friends are performers. So a lot of times, what you you do is you look at their body of work, you see their latest project, and you go, man, I wanna I wanna do something like that. So sometimes when you're checking for, you know, uh, you, you know, you're talking to your agent or your manager or whatever, you're looking for something that can fulfill you, something that can that can level you up, if you will, you know. So when I did Woke, it was definitely me trying to you know, move out of the, the kind of slapsticky type of humor and, and do something more grounded, something that would resonate more with, with the people, something that will, that will mirror what we're dealing with today in society, um, where the stakes are a lot higher. And, uh, and I think we did it. I think we did it with Woke. Obviously, still silly in certain areas, you know, inanimate objects and cartoon characters talking to you, but, you know, it still has that, that, that pulse of what the people are
3: feeling. You know Lamorne Morris joins the show, Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich.
2: Yeah, you know my question is, uh, this is just me personally, because I, I, the, the industry that you're in, Lamorne, for me, I always wanted to know what's challenging or what challenges challenges you the most? Screenplay or a series or a television series? What's more challenging Whoa. in terms of learning the lines or the chemistry within your character or the characters that are around you?
1: Well, it depends. You know, for a, a movie, for example, you, you once you're doing it, you're doing it, and you do it until it's done. And that's, and you know, a month, a month and a half, two months, sometimes a little bit longer. But with a series, you know, you've got multiple episodes. You know what I mean? So you've got a lot of chances to take with a series, I think. You can test out the character. So maybe if you didn't hit what you, think you, you thought you were going to hit in the first two episodes, you still got – time to redeem yourself in the next three, four, five, six episodes, if you will, with a movie, you got to get it done. So that's it. Once you're finished, you're finished. And that's the product that people are going to see. There's the arc of your character, the growth of that character happens in that hour and a half, two hours. Whereas a series, you got you got time to explore who this character is. I'll give you an example. Um, on New Girl, I you know, I think you know, we did seven seasons. I didn't think my character really hit until about season three. Mm. You know, I think if you watch the first two seasons, you'll probably go, this guy is the weakest link on the show. Like, I, it wasn't, it, the writing wasn't there. I wasn't there. And it was an evolution of my character. But movies, for example, I mean, if you don't get it, then that's going to be out there in the night guys for a long time. <laughs> so you, I think movies is a little bit harder to, to nail it right away.
3: Lamorne, uh, one of my favorite videos is you sitting by the, I think it's the Lakers bench and you show Nick Young, who's in the game, the meme of himself (laughs) when he looks at the camera and the question marks pop up, which is one of the great gifts, one of the great memes out there in NBA Twitter. Mm -hmm. And you showed this man, this meme during the game. And as a, as a heckler, as somebody who admires Robin Ficker from the Washington Bullets, like, I love that moment. What other yeah. moments have you had as uh, the result of having a great career on screen and, and in movies and TV shows? Um, you mean in terms of, like... In, in terms, terms, of terms of sports, practice. in terms of meeting your heroes or showing Nick Young a meme during a game?
1: Oh, my God. So I had an opportunity uh, to go to the All-Star game. Um, and I, uh, oh, a, a few all-star games, but i you know, from Chicago, so I got a to go to the one in um, Chicago this past year. And Benny the Bull, I want to say twerked over me. <laughs> and originally I thought, Man, you got your thing on mine. I don't, 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 I, I don't care. You watch Benny the Bull, you know, all the time. So because of where I was sitting, I, I was able to have that happen to me. So that was a cool thing. Once James Harden ran back to the bench and I screamed something at him, and I, which was, I forget what I said. I said, uh, drop like, I said, go for 40 tonight. And he looked at me and looked at the around and he goes like this. I forget who he was referring to. And he goes, not with these ball hogs. And I was just like, <laughs> and he said it loud enough where a lot of people could hear it. And it was kind of one of those cool moments where I just, you interact with the players and it really makes you feel like as a kid, you, you, you are now a part of that action. Um, I'll give you one more story. Uh, this was probably one of the coolest things that happened to me. I was in Atlanta, and I got a chance to sit on the floor uh, and watch the cavs Hawks game. This is a game that the Cavs blew like a 25-point lead and lost. But the whole time, I'm the only, you know, I'm the only Cavs fan. So I'm screaming for Kyrie and LeBron, and at the end of the game, you know, uh, Kyrie comes over and takes his jersey off and gives it to me, which is a big deal. However, school still hasn't signed the jersey. And let me tell you mm-hmm. something. I haven't watched it, and I know that's disgusting, and don't judge me <laughs> on the show. But I'm still waiting for him to come. And, and, and sign it for me. Lamorne, he's
3: busy. Work. He's on a walkabout. Just, you didn't see him walk into the game just, the other day with a Gandalf walking stick. He's out there <laughs> meditating in the, the woods. He does <laughs> not have time to sign old jerseys. Yeah, he has to. I know it's two
1: teams ago, but
3: damn it. I love Kyrie. That's Lamorne Morris hanging out with us. Ben Lyons, Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. You know, Lamorne, obviously
2: uh, your love for the NBA, basketball in general, but when you're not actually filming right and you're Mm kind of got some time to yourself is there shows that you watch is there characters that you draw from are there people who you inspire to continue to look at and watch their growth within acting
1: how how does that work for you i love i love even though i'm in comedy most of the time i love drama um even woke my character you know is more of the straight man in the in the show i love watching dramatic performances Thrilling, edge of your seat type of programming. So, Love uh, J- Jonathan Majors, Lovecraft Country is somebody who I think is like he's going to win an Oscar in the next few years. So, I love I love why- I was binging shows like that. Um, obviously, everyone binged Game of Thrones. I-, I love looking at things that the odds are, you probably won't see me in a Game of Thrones type show. That's just what <laughs> the odds say. But, you know, so I love watching shows like that. It's a world outside of this world where you can kind of escape a little bit. Um, and then you look at characters in that show and you draw from them. You know what I mean? You, you, you pull from those characters and it's like it's an exercise as an actor to, to kind of see and stretch your range and see if you can do um, roles and characters like that. So I love watching drama most, uh, most of the time.
2: I think you worked with uh, Adam Sandler before in in a film, yeah. And and I bring mm-hmm. that up because yesterday, which was kind of went viral yesterday, he brought out the uh, the old swing right from Happy yep. Gilmore, and we saw Scooter McGavin kind of one up him and shot a putt or he putted into a, a glass cup. Yeah, <laughs> could we could we see Happy Gilmore again? Can we see another? version of Happy Gilmore. Well, how exciting would that be for people who love the first one, but definitely can see that, you know, what it would look like now with 30 years since they had that one first yeah. came out?
1: Absolutely. I mean, anything Sandler touches, I think, is hilarious. He's, <laughs> right, He's amazing. He's one of my favorite, you know, top two, <laughs> you know, performers of all time. I, uh, he's, he's, he has a career that I would definitely love. Uh, to have the way he brings in all of his friends, you know, his family—they're they're in every one of his projects—and he sticks to his style of comedy. You know, a lot of a lot of times we look at like old like old Sandler stuff was is great, and he sticks with that formula. And a lot of times people go, "Oh, this is silliness." *Ridiculous Six on Netflix was 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 a weird movie, but it crushed, and I died laughing. You know, I ne- you will never stop laughing. At his performances, you'll never stop laughing at the type of concept that him and his squad write. So, I definitely would love to see another Happy Gilmore. And and selfishly, the reason why I say that is because hopefully I'll be in it. You know what right. I mean? So <laughs> if I'm not, I'll, I'll be honest with you, if I'm not in it, I don't give a damn. I don't care. Lamar <laughs> and it, Morris, you know him from shows it
3: like New Girl and Woke, season mm-hmm. two, hopefully coming very soon. I love the first season, it's on Hulu. Uh, a great project for you, man. Very proud of you. It's hilarious. Um, Lamorne you. was very kind to uh, to support a voting initiative I worked on this year, Kirk, mm-hmm. called Hooper's Vote, where we got basketball community and fellow hoopers involved with voting. And so he used his one million followers, his big platform mm-hmm. on Instagram, <laughs> to really get the message out there in a big way. And I want to read to you what Lamorne wrote on Instagram to support a voting initiative. Um, I know all... <coughs> I know all y'all think I do is ball, but that's not the case. I also vote. This year I voted shirtless. Me and J.R. Smith both. So get out there and vote with a purpose. <laughs> ben Lyons votes pantless. Don't be like him. Hoopers vote. Um, why do you think it's important for athletes to use their platform, Lamor- Lamorne, and, and support the causes they believe in?
1: Because kids follow them their entire journey, their entire career, you know. Um, and they can do no wrong, you know. If if someone's following you from the time you get you into the league, by the time you retire, no matter what you do, that person will support you and be a fan. So if you have the opportunity to encourage people to exercise that right to vote, to exercise that right to do anything that the that the Constitution allows, and you know to just be to just be decent human beings, uh, I think you should do it. Um, that's why I think being a role model is, is so important. Uh, because you have millions and millions and millions of people who stand by and watch and wait to hear from you and to hear what you're going to say and how you feel about certain things. So if you have that ab- ability to do it, I think you should use it. You know, it's not for everybody. It doesn't mean everyone has to do it. You, know, you still should be an individual. If that's not something that you feel your calling may be, then don't do it. But it's a, it's a lot of strength in numbers. And if you need, and if you, need uh, you know, something moved, you know, it's going to take a lot of hands on deck. And if you've got millions of people following you, I think it's best to use
3: them. It's probably another one of the reasons why you're the biggest LeBron fan, not named Savannah, <laughs> Lamorne Morris joining the show, Chicago's <laughs> own. And quickly, before we let you go here, we got Quentin Richardson coming up a little bit later on, prior to Whitney Young. Mm-hmm. Got a question for yep. Q? Got a question for one half of the knuckleheads?
1: Uh, I do. Um, I need him to tell me what's going wh- – where's Lance Williamson at? now, I, Or Lance Williams at? You don't, you, I'm not sure if you understand that reference, but I'm from Chicago and I'm up, I was a huge DePaul fan. Lance Williams was Julian. He was a, a big, like, dope basketball player. I thought he was better than Elton Brand. Mm-hmm. And I thought, even though when they played Duke, Elton Brand gave him the business. But I, I just, I want to know what's going on with him. I want to see, because I already know if, Q had his career and he's one of my favorite players of all time. Um, Still not quite sure what the knuckle tap on the forehead was about, but I still do it. But, <laughs> you know, I want to know, you know if he still keeps in contact with Lance.
3: I love it. Deep cuts. Deep Chicago basketball cuts. I knew we were going to get that mm-hmm. from Lamorne. Um, the yeah. show is woke. <laughs> it's tremendous. When's it coming back? Um, we're we're going to shoot in May. We're going to shoot in May. But, but
1: in the meantime, for those fans of, of mine out there, make sure you check out Unwanted, the podcast series unwanted you can go subscribe now the link is in my bio on instagram um, it's dope myself billy magnuson jake johnson Rose it's a matt walsh it's a crazy crazy fun action comedy podcast that i think everyone would really like so please go and check that out as well
3: Lamorne Morris making our show a lot better, mm-hmm. and he gets to see his Lakers do do his uh, do his thing because LeBron's now going to have to carry the load. So he's all in <laughs> on this uh, LeBron MVP race. Hey, thanks so much, man, for checking the show, for checking, taking some time. Thank y'all. Uh, Lamorne Morris hanging out here. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison telling you guys the show woke is tremendous. Really, really funny stuff. It's on uh, Hulu right now. So be sure to check it out. Uh, Talk a little NBA next. Uh, We got a big doubleheader tonight on TNT. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich
0: Eisen Show. The show rolls on. Ben
3: Lyons and Kirk Morrison hanging out today. Rich is off all week on a well-deserved vacation. Man, that dude works hard. Super Bowl throughout the mm-hmm. NFL season, so taking a week off. And we're lucky enough to be able to come hang out and, and talk sports and life and hang out with people like Lamorne Morris and Albert Breer. We've got Jared Greenberg from NBA TV coming JG. up in about 15 minutes. Talk about the doubleheader tonight on TNT. Toronto and Milwaukee, and then of course the Lakers taking on the Brooklyn Nets, who have just been a—I don't know—a a rotating door of cast of characters in and out of the lineup. <laughs> we have yet to really see this big three consistently. Mm-hmm. Although I joked with Lamorne about Kyrie's walking stick, I thought it was a tremendous look—tremendous <laughs> look. Walking, I thought into you the would have something to say
2: more about what, um what. um what a Russell Westbrook wore to the game.
3: <laughs> I don't. I can't even keep up
2: with Russ. I didn't. I don't see know what, what it Russ was. Wore. It was like a all yellow. Like it was a like a like a, the Dick Tracy coat. Remember the big oh wow <laughs> yellow Dick Tracy coat. Because he
3: has an affinity for work, <laughs> for dressing as like a, a guy who's landing an airplane. Correct or like um, Charlie Sheen and Men at Work, the old like garbage man movie. <laughs> For um, all the people who have seen the movie Dick Tracy and you know that little trench coat that he wore, but yeah, Dick I Tracy look you, from Russ. I promise you,
2: Russell Westbrook wore it last night.
3: I'll be interested <laughs> in Russell Westbrook's outfit when he shows up wearing a pair of Dockers and a sensible shirt. Really, like like when he wears some Rockport Rock Sports shoes, <laughs> or the time he wore a pair wore that, of khaki um, pants and a sensible J Crew plaid. I'll be like, wow, this I guy forgot went to the what grove. shirt he had. Oh, remember, he had all the holes in it. Yeah. The net uh, But we've seen that Like the fishnet shirt Fishnet shirt Or well, he you know, he's was wearing those it. Like Hulk Hogan Like yes. kind of crop tops Like
2: if it gets hung up On a hanger Like that shirt's done You know what I'm saying Like Or, or you get a but Kyrie the with the
3: walking stick I mean we're starting to bring out Sage and walking sticks now We're taking it to a spiritual level That you know I love to get down with So I'm all in On on the Gandalf Irving look Right now um, well, they, But They it, can't really go out much Anywhere So at least you have to do something Like I'm gonna wear these clothes
2: I'm a to wear these clothes
3: um, you know, and and as you know, Kirk, I'm a huge NBA fan. Ben Lyons, Kirk Morrison hanging out here for, for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. And uh, I've been known to partake in some uh, NBA gambling, if you will. I'll put a, maybe a, for me, a big night, $2.50. Like, I and mean, we're really high rolling, yeah. right? I'm not going to say that the Lakers were in Denver and there's just something about elevation
2: that always, for me, is something I look at and... Denver won the other night. I'm not saying I had a couple of beans on it. I'm just just letting you know.
3: Well, you've got NFL (laughs) money. You've got NFL money, so something tells me you've got a few more zeros (laughs) on the bet than I do. But I had $1 last night on the Miami Heat as they took on the Golden State Warriors. So I'm sitting there watching the game last night. The Heat are up 14 in the second half, and I'm thinking, man, I just got myself a dollar. One-third of my morning coffee before I come in on the Rich Eisen show (laughs) is paid for, thanks to Jimmy Butler. But nope. Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors came back last night and they win 120 to 112 in overtime. But that's not the story. Kirk, you (laughs) pointed out to me this morning that the story happened after the game. Here's an exchange Steph Curry had with a reporter in the Bay.
1: You should tweet a dagger. How often do you guys talk after games and what's that relationship like after a big win like this? It's my wife. We talk all the time. What do you mean? Yeah, I, mean yeah. I mean, like, how late is she up? I mean, well, yes, that's. I yes. hope she's the first person I call after games. Yeah, I mean, I mean, her being awake at like you know late hour, you're getting home kind of late, right? It's utmost support for sure. I mean, you got to try to get me in trouble over here. Of no, no, I no, 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 no. It's a good tweet. <laughs>
3: You know, these Zoom press conferences are getting a little awkward, (laughs) a little uncomfortable. Um, I understand Aisha's in the zeitgeist, but when you hear Steph Curry (laughs) have to answer questions of, do you talk to your wife after you win a game? What are we doing here? Uh,
2: Well, I think it was, I I understood what he was trying to insinuate, right? He was like, how exciting is that? You know, you get a, you hit a big shot, you, you know, come from behind, you win the game, your wife's up watching the game and she's tweeting about it, like what's that interaction with you guys is she more like your biggest fan and when you come home she's cheering us? but like he could have worded it a little bit differently because i know steph understood what he was saying but like bro you you dig it a little bit too deep well yeah what if
3: in actuality she's (laughs) saying to him no riley got a d in her math test and we need you to come home today and do some fourth grade math and who cares if you beat the miami heat and ben lost a dollar uh, yep. You know, when you have these uh, relationships, though, that are out there in the public zeitgeist and, right. you know, she's a public person and has a career to herself and a social following. And, you know, yeah. it's funny. It reminds me of my days working at the E! Channel when you'd go to an Iron Man junket. And they just want you to ask Gwyneth Paltrow just anything about being a mom. Had nothing to do with Iron Man. Had nothing to do with the comics, the movies. You know, yeah. they want to know about her. Tracy Anderson workout and just, uh, you're a mom. That's crazy. So there's no question there. <laughs> So that reporter kind of stumbled because the way you put it, yes, maybe there's a way to kind of make the connection. But after you've just competed and someone's like, uh, you're married to Aisha, uh, what's, that like? <laughs> what's that like? No, I get it, man. Like, he was trying.
2: I know what he was saying. Like, Aisha is one of his biggest fans. We've seen she's a big supporter, you know, tries to go to all the games as, as much as possible. But obviously with the family that he's got going on at home, she's probably watching more games from home. But she's up and she's watching And so, yes, I I think to kind of clean up for the reporter, like that dynamic is good. Like when you feel like your better half is excited just for you to hit those kind of shots. Like, yeah, like we we share in the excitement as a family, brother. That's how I would answer the question. Like, I know what you're asking me, but I'm going to take it a different way. We're excited. When I hit a big shot, it's like she hit a big shot. Right? We
3: celebrate our wins in the Lions household, that's for sure. But I hope Mariah's is not listening to the show right now. I really hope not. He's going like, to be like, who's Carson Wentz and why is uh, Kirk so fired up for his new opportunity? No. Uh, but then there was another press conference yesterday, and this one a little bit more emotional. Here's Serena Williams mm. having an emotional exchange after her back and forth with Naomi Osaka. It's a
1: really poignant moment walked off the court to a standing ovation and you put your hand over your heart. What was going through your head in that moment?
2: Um, I don't know. The Aussie crowd is so amazing, so it was nice to see.
1: Some people wondered if this is, you were almost saying farewell. Um, um <laughs> I don't know. If I, if I ever say farewell, I wouldn't tell anyone, So, <laughs> <laughs> so.
3: Uh, last couple of questions in the room, please. Yeah, Craig, then. You're saying about the, the unforced errors through the match. Considering how well you've played to
2: get to this stage, what do you feel caused that? Or was it just one of those bad days at the office? Uh, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm
3: undone. And Serena Williams walked off the podium. Kirk, when you hear that press conference, obviously a lot more serious in tone than the back and forth with Steph Curry. Yeah, uh, it
2: was similar. And I saw somebody tweet this out yesterday. What we're seeing now is what we saw when Serena would beat Venus and now Naomi beating Serena. You see the emotions that go in for, for people who are really great friends and want to see them succeed. Often it's like, you have to win but at the cost of maybe hurting the feelings of
3: a person who you love. I mean, no. no, it's a, a very emotional moment to see her starting to realize in real time that this might be the end mm-hmm. of what she's dedicated her life to. Uh, to see that sort of unfold in real time, I thought was a powerful moment last night. So press conferences can go either way. They can be a lot of fun <laughs> and goofy and silly, or they can provide you with some real insight into connecting with your favorite athletes. So, Alright, coming up next, we got a doubleheader in the NBA tonight on TNT, so we figure we we'll would get Jared Greenberg from NBA TV and Turner Sports to break down the action tonight. Plus, we'll talk about life in the bubble with Jared, who is down in Orlando for that historic run to close out last season. Uh, lots of NBA talk next with Jared Greenberg. It's Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich Eisen on The Rich Eisen Show.